Welcome to Season 2 of Passion to Profit Podcast. Hey there, I'm Nikki Milne, a high school dropout, ex-hairdresser and salon owner to PR and marketing expert and founder of the Perth Collective PR Agency. I'm a mum to four, a wife of a firefighter and a very driven entrepreneur. This season, we're going to interview some incredible business owners that I've had the pleasure of working with or personally knowing. And I'm going to do some episodes on tips, tricks, and strategies that I've used to not only scale my business, but the businesses I mentor and consult with and that I work with through my PR agency. So without further ado, let's dive into season two of the Passion to Profit podcast. Welcome to the Passion to Profit podcast. This week I have Christina joining me from Worn Out Studio. I am in awe of this lady and her knowledge and experience. She's definitely someone I go to to look to branding and you must check out her beautiful Instagram feed. So welcome to the Passion to Profit podcast. Thank you, Nikki. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. Yeah, so I am <laughs> so excited to share more about what you do. And I know I've known you for probably a year or a year and a half now. And I think initially when we connected, I was a little bit confused about what you taught and how it was, why it was vital in business. But over getting to know you over the last 18 months, it's just clear that it's something that every business owner should really be aware of and thinking about. So I'm so excited that you're going to share with us your tips about customer journey and what it is. So let's start back at the start. What is your background? How did you come to be in Australia? Because I'm sure we will notice your accent (laughs) as we move through. Yes. Um, Yes. And a little bit about your history. Sure. Yes. So I'm Colombian, South American. I landed in Australia after falling in love with an Australian. (laughs) I was working in India, working in a really interesting project with textiles and brands. And I met an Australian and fell in love and ended up here in all places. And my background is in graphic design. I've been working with brands and graphic design for more than 20 years. I've been part of really amazing, interesting projects all over the world because I love traveling. And that took me into uh, meeting brands and meeting interesting things and and then I got I started really interested in branding and fashion and textiles because where I come from, textiles is a very big thing and fashion is a big thing. So I ended up doing a lot of projects around the fashion industry. I was involved in photo shoots and developing the brands from scratch and designing the the t-shirts and the prints on the fabrics. Uh, but then I also got really interested in the strategy befi- behind the companies. And I worked for big brands back home. And then one day I said, enough, I'm gonna do my own thing. Because I have, I was such a high achiever. I wanted to get things done in my particular way. So it was a great journey. And that's where I officially started as Walnut. And back then it was Walnut because I was designing a lot of wallpapers. Yeah. Back when it was really hip and we were doing wallpapers and we started playing with the word. And I ended up getting some really interesting projects. And I was doing all the hip new cafes and restaurants and brands that were coming up, up and coming um, fashion brands and all sorts of really interesting things, pastry shops. So we were doing the whole range from the packaging to the space, to the brand uh, details, their logo. And that was amazing. And we started getting published. I started getting published in different design books around the world. And I started working with an agency in New York. And that's when I started traveling. I was getting really tired of being in Colombia. So I packed all my things, my computer, my watercolors in my suitcase and started traveling and started doing brands for people around the world that started getting me getting to know me um via different publications i saw you in this magazine i saw you in the design book um so that was a great adventure it was super fun and i just i would just plug my scanner and my watercolors from a little table in india 
or traveling in Europe or New York. And it just felt great. And that's where I started. And it was a lot of design. And then mainly with women as well. I always attracted women. Most of my clients are women. But parallel to that, Nikki, I was really, I've always been very passionate about inner stuff, inner growth. What's what's happening in our mind? How is How do we achieve our goals? How do we get more productive? Why do we shrink? Why do we get afraid? So I was doing all this branding stuff, but I was obsessively researching, studying meditation, neuro-linguistic programming, mindset. And my career changed a bit because I got, I started feeling a bit burned out with graphic design and I thought I want to do more. And I'm seeing these women and these business owners and I want to work with them on a deeper level. So I started bringing all the other stuff in. And that's basically the summary of how I ended up mentoring women and running masterminds of workshops and that sort of stuff where I combined both my love for women, entrepreneurs and branding. (laughs) Yeah, amazing. And I love that. It's really a two-tiered effect. And I think speaking to you and seeing you work, you can absolutely see that is your point of difference as someone that does graphic design and branding. It's not just surface level. You tend to go quite deep with people when you're looking at their branding. And so I'd love you to explain to everyone what is a customer journey? Because I know that's a huge thing for what you Mm -hmm. educate on and share, especially on your Instagram. What is a customer journey and why should business owners really be alert to this and considering refining their customer journey in their business? Yeah, so a customer journey, I like to talk about it as your brand's choreography. Basically, your client decides to pick you or start looking at your stuff on your website and they begin a journey that's the before falling in love with you, where they're researching and looking at your Instagram and liking posts and starting to fall in love with you. And they take a further few steps and they decide to pick you. Great, I'll work with you. And then they jump in, they purchase, that's the doing. So they're walking and they're doing this little journey, this little process in your brand. And you as a brand are doing things, your choreography. If I send you a DM on Instagram, Nikki, what do you offer? And how you reply, that's part of the customer's journey. That's how they start experiencing you. So there's an experience in the middle where I'm purchasing from you, I'm getting Everything that you offer, I get your confirmation email. If it's an online purchase, I get everything. And then there's the after. You've delivered the good, the product, the service. And then I have a feeling about that. So I've just taken this journey before buying from you, buying from you, and then coming out on the other side. I like to call it the falling in love, the romancing, and the growing together. And I'm madly passionate about this, as you mentioned, and I talk about a lot um, on my Instagram because I discovered this process that I do a few years ago and it blew my mind because I came from graphic design where we were designing a flyer, a brochure, but we weren't really considering what the customer was feeling and needing and afraid of every step of the way. So we would just create stuff. How about we create this flyer? How about... But when I started mapping and started with a couple of clients and the first workshops that I ran for clients, it blew my mind. I went, oh my gosh, this is telling me exactly where we need to put the budget, where we need to put the money and what to create. Sometimes we didn't need to create a flyer. We needed to create a phone call, but someone in the business picked up the phone. You know, it gave me the exact things and ideas that I needed to create. So there was no waste. There was no wondering. There was some really tangible stuff on where do we need to focus? And, and it just blew my mind. It flipped everything around. It wasn't about the business. It's about the customer. It's about what are you needing and feeling and afraid of? And how can I hold you through this journey and blow your mind in a way that by the end, you're going to recommend me to everyone that you know, and you're going to come back. Yeah. And it's an amazing process. Every single time I do it, I get the same reactions, which are 
The first one, most clients go, oh my God, I didn't, I didn't know this. I didn't know my client felt this way. I, I never thought about this. I never thought about them. And the second one is that they get access to ideas that they had never considered. Because if you step in the client's shoes, then that's a whole different perspective. And then you go, well, it's completely irrelevant that I'm selling this thing, but I haven't offered this, that they're begging me to do, or they're needing this. And I'm, they're looking for another business after they finish with me for that. And I could offer that. So I just love it because it's a really cool, fun, interesting way of looking at your customers and innovating from that point of view. Yeah, absolutely. And it's how the customer interacts with your brand and how your brand leaves them feeling long after Mm -hmm. that service or product purchase is finished. And I think Mm -hmm. we can see this through unboxing. We see that a lot on social media. Mm -hmm. That is part of the customer journey, getting that beautiful box when you've been purchased something that it opens and it's wrapped in tissue paper and it's the card that goes in it. All those little things have become so more prevalent in the last maybe five or six years of business as opposed to before we had Instagram and no one opened anything yep. in front of anyone. Yep. <laughs> and we have seen a rise in businesses having to step up and spend more on their branding and spend more on their customer journey. And it doesn't stop that product or service is finished. Like you said, there's actually the follow-on that has to be thought about. And I think a lot of businesses are literally getting to that stage now, but a lot of them we work with as well. I'm like, so what happens after your client is finished? Do they go off and get a competitor to work with you again or are you retaining them and what are we doing to retain them? So I feel like that's something that you really focus on as well is retention strategies and making sure that client feels amazing the whole way through the process and picking up downfalls because we all have downfalls in our customer journey. Absolutely, all of us, especially the, I always say, do something as a brand that confirms they made a good choice. So right when I purchased, right when I've done the thing, send me something that goes, yes, this was a good choice. You are amazing at this, Nikki. Like when I was doing my mentoring with you, every step of your process is a confirmation. I've done the right thing. The email you sent, the confirmation email, the way you bullet point stuff. So it's not only for products, because some people think, oh, this is perfect for those that are selling them. But for, for services, it's amazing because it's about every process. What's every email? What is the confirmation? What is the the thing that comes after? What are the frequently asked questions that are going to come up after you say, sure, I want to work with you? And how do I answer them? You have your beautiful PDFs that come step after step or have what is the environment? So there are so many things that can be done that confirm to the client, wow, I've made a really good choice, but also that make our life easier as business owners. It's not just about them. When a process is designed, it's like, oh, thank God, I don't have to repeat things. I don't have to create from scratch, which I love. Absolutely. And I did spend a lot of time on my processes this year and thought, how can we serve the clients better? How can we be more available, but still have strong boundaries in place? And like Mm -hmm. you say, with my coaching and mentoring, I ended up getting a program where we record each session. It gets uploaded into that program so clients can access it at any point. All their notes go in there, everything else. And then we introduce Slack so they can basically text me on a laptop Just all those things was vital to growing and scaling my mentorship because the service level had to keep increasing. And Mm -hmm. that was all, like you say, part of the customer journey. How can we service the client better, but at the same time set really strong boundaries and, you know, be mindful of our time because customer journeys are amazing, but we don't want to drown our time in a customer journey. Mm -hmm. It still has to be Mm -hmm. very viable for the business. So that's when, like, when I met you, I'm like, you actually teach systems and automation. (laughs) As much as you teach branding and customer journey, you're like, no, no. But I think session three, you were like, okay, you're right. I actually do teach systems. And I was like, you do because everything you set up can be repeated. 
So yes, mm-hmm. sure, there's a lot more probably time and you know, even a bit of investment if you're going to do branding items at the start. But then those journey can be rinsed and repeated, tweaked, rinsed and repeated, tweaked. So it's quite a it's an absolute worthwhile investment just to be aware of your customer journey and then ways mm-hmm. you can improve and serve that client better. Find out what you need to focus on now in your business by taking my new business growth quiz. Together, we will identify where your business currently falls in the five levels, from zero to over a million dollars of income. What level are you at now? And what do you need to do to move forward to that next level of income? Take the quiz and based on your results, I will send you a personalized PDF workbook so you can scale your business to the next level in the year ahead. Head to www.nickymilne.com to take the quiz. So what is the biggest downfall you see that people quite often miss as a business in the customer journey? Well, the first one is that there are a couple, but the number one is they don't take the time to actually sit in their customer's shoes. They don't. When clients come to me for a strategy session, they say, we want to do this. We want to launch this. And I ask them, how is this going to change your client's life? Why is it relevant? And many times they go, oh, I don't know. I just want to do it from a business perspective. So I think the number one thing I see is that we don't flip it around. We don't sit in their shoes and wonder, I wonder how this would be for them Uh, because that changes everything. It's the number one thing where many of your ideas and the passion projects and the love projects fall down and then it gives you focus on what's really relevant for your customer. I think that's the first one. The second one is consistency as a brand. So let's say, yes, you have your ideas, you have the emails, you're going to send all the things. But sometimes the, let's say the admin lady created the email and then the virtual assistant created the Instagram post. And then a cousin that you have that happens to the graphic design did the packaging. And all those things are speaking a completely different language. It doesn't feel like one unified brand. So then you have this like fragmented thing that is coming to you from every place. I see this a lot in e-commerce where the brand is beautifully crafted and you see the product, the photos are gorgeous. But then if you send a a message asking a question about delivery, they have someone in a call center in India that has no knowing of the brand and the vibe and the language and the feel and the brand gets disjointed. So I think that's one. Um, there's a lot of need for people to understand that brand personality counts a lot. So it's it's how are we doing this and how you do one thing, you do everything as a, as a brand. Those, I think, are the two top things that I see as, as like the biggest things missing in, in journeys. Yeah, absolutely. And we see it all the time as well. The brand is not consistent. You have a beautiful Instagram and then you go to their website and the website has got no love and hasn't been updated mm-hmm. or their branding yeah. hasn't been updated for five years or yeah. you know, the way they email or you're saying there's a lot of um, weaknesses in the experience. Yeah. yeah, And we tend to be moving so fast at growth and scaling that we don't take a step back and go, gee, that logo was great. 10 years ago, but it's not relevant to where I've scaled my business to, or it's not relevant to the target market I'm trying to attract. So I think that is just such a vital key tip there is to actually step back from your business and go, we've grown. We're actually at the next tier of business now. Is that logo reflecting us? Is our website reflecting where we are in the clients we're servicing? Because like you say, that's all the essential part of the customer journey. And people put so much time and love into their Instagram, but everything else... They seem to, you know, just let it go. To me, I'd actually rather put my time into my customer journey and, you know, my retaining my clients and my website than actually my Instagram because, yeah. you know, I feel that's a more important stage is to retain those clients rather than attracting 
Yeah. Absolutely. And looking at all the bits and pieces that are actually harming your brand. Because you're right, some logos, some fonts, some photos are actually harming brands. They're sending the wrong message. I, I've had so many clients through the years that come with questions like, we don't know what we're attracting young 15-year-olds when our target audience is. I'm like, well, of course, look at your colors, look at your... You know, there's a lot of that where, where, or as you're saying, the brand started in a particular way, they've evolved, but they're not refreshing their brand. They're not refreshing the voice of the brand. And yeah, yeah. very common. Very, Very common. common. Yeah, absolutely. So let's move on to brand audits. Obviously, we've touched a little bit about that. Tell me what a brand audit is like with you. What do some of the things you look for when you're actually, so say, we're, like we're talking about, someone's got something, a brand that they've had or business for five, six years. They know something needs to shift because they're growing. They come mm-hmm. to you, engage you for a brand audit. What can they kind of expect from a brand audit and what do you look at? So they have um, 20 years of brand building, looking at their brand <laughs> to yep. start with. Experience. So I'm, quite, I'm quite particular, yes. And I look at every single thing that they have created. All the logos everywhere, the voice, the tone, the copywriting. I look at the whole brand, everything from the images to uh, the emails they send. Sometimes I pretend to be um, like a mystery buyer and I message them just to see how they're replying. <laughs> the first thing is that I look at every single thing that has been created as collateral. Then I step back and I go, what is this telling as a story? Is this story cohesive? It's not just a logo, but the whole thing put together is this pointing in the same direction. Or am I getting a clear story here? So I have these different levels that I go through assessing a brand and going, and some of them are doing quite well in some areas, but others really need a lot of tweaking. Or sometimes the brands are not relevant to the ideal customers they want to go for. So I look at everything and basically I get a pretty comprehensive report and the ones that are great get a chat with me where I walk them through everything that I discovered. And that's quite quite important. I mean, I even, even working with you for me was about getting someone else's eyes on my brand because you're too close as a small business owner. It's too close and you're too attached. And sometimes it's hard to even um, see where the flows are. So I look at every component and I make sure that what you say you're standing for, you actually stand for as a brand. And I look at the gaps as well. What what are the quick wins? What we took here and there that could be a quick win to polish the brand. And I'm quite honest as well. So in some cases I'll go, actually, I suggest a full rebrand or this is not cohesive or you need to, to do a photo shoot urgently, things like that. But basically they get me and my eyes and my experience looking at every component of the brand and getting a full report, like an x-ray of how I see things and where I see things could be improved. Yeah, absolutely. And I know I engage you to a brand order on my brands and, you know, you uh, sent me messages and just as a mm-hmm. like consumer or customer and I was like, what is she doing? And then I'd respond how I respond and then you'd give me advice on how I worded yeah. that response and how what the next stage was I was leading customers on to. Then I would send you, you're like, just pretend I'm a client and then I'd send you our PDFs and you went through my website and you actually did pick up a lot of glaringly obvious things that I hadn't picked up which, I mean, mm-hmm. we do branding and all the rest of it as well. It's just, like you say, another set of eyes. I was like, oh, my gosh, yes, that logo is my old logo and I hadn't updated it in certain pages of the website and there were certain gaps on the website. And mm-hmm. just, you know, you kind of opened my eyes to a lot of small tweaks, but they've mm-hmm. made a vital difference when people are visiting my website and coming through to my inquiry form. That's how I could tell the branding tweaking had worked. Our inquiries increased greatly because of all those little things you suggested, it all stacked up to actually transferring in people just cruising my website to actually going and feeling comfortable enough to reach out and say, hey, I have this inquiry. Can you help me? 
So I think that's huge. And I had you do it for both businesses. And I think that's a really vital thing that just having someone's eyes go through it and certainly someone with your level of experience, you just picked up so much stuff that I was obviously missing. So, and they weren't hard. I could absolutely implement everything you suggested myself. And that's a really good thing to remind people what you were suggesting wasn't hard. It was just things I'd overlooked, but it was making a difference to whether I converted clients or not. Awesome. And that's something, it's so interesting, Nikki, because customers will not take a lot of time trying to decide on you. They just, it's an instant. And in that instant, we have to get the top things right. And it's just about feel can I trust this thing is this cohesive does this feel right it's really subtle stuff that can be achieved with small and bigger tweaks depending on on the brand situation but it's exactly what you said sometimes it's tweaking just a couple of things that when we're in it when we're so close to it we can't see we get used to that stuff you know we get used to the glitches we get used to the oh I have to fix that one day and someone from the outside can say because one of my main things is I tell them priorities what do I need to fix right now third some things are like nice to have but I get it. Others are urgent. This needs to be fixed right now, which is, yeah, it's a really, a really good way of like getting a quick wins in your brand, I think. Oh, even through to contact buttons and quick action buttons and things like that that we're working or absolutely, it's so vital. So tell me about your workshops and online courses and mentoring. How can people engage with you and learn from you? Obviously, they can firstly follow you on social media. Your Instagram is so informative and so much value that you gift away to everyone. But how do they take it to the next level? What do you offer for people wanting to learn more about the customer journey and branding? Yeah, so there there are a couple of ways and I'm always playing with different things depending on the time of the year. Early next year, I'm going to be teaching a few workshops. I teach at Stack. Good. And I'm going to be teaching a couple of things online finally after a right. video course. And those range from how to tell your brand story, how to craft your customer's journey. They're quite fun. They're short and fun and, and really good value, I think. Others who are ready for more handholding or want to have me quite close to their brand, I do mentoring. So I run a mentoring program and I take them through a journey of three months deep handholding where we basically go very, very, very deep on all the layers of the brand. And it's deeply rewarding experience for me and for them. It's pretty special. And we work together. I only take a couple of mentoring clients a month. So the way to find out about that is going into my website, which is being changed a lot at the moment, (laughs) but as usual. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, they can just send me a message and we can have a chat and, and see if it's the right fit. And I also do a lot of consulting for bigger businesses. So brands that are needing some support, understanding their customers or tweaking their brand story, that sort of stuff I do more on a project basis. Um, and I have a few other things online as well, like a few short courses online that are quite fun and they're ready to be purchased and a few other interesting things that are coming next year. So it's a mix of mix of stuff where you can work one-on-one with me. Of course, the brand audits are the other ones. So there's, it's all in my website and they can just message me or even via Instagram if they want to find out more and we can have a chat. Yeah, absolutely. And I've done some of the online courses. They're fantastic. And I think it just, it really changes your mindset and how you think about your business. But like you say, you actually start thinking about it from a customer's perspective. Mm-hmm. Instead of what a business owner, and we're all guilty of that, we feel like this is what our business needs. Mm-hmm. But Christina's courses will actually make you think, well, actually, what does my customer need? And what are they telling me they need? Am I just ignoring that? So therefore, I'm not serving them correctly? Yeah. Or could I be doing more to serve them and make their life easier and 
shouldn't be answering their questions. So I think that's where I found it really worthwhile is you you changed my mindset on how to look at the perspective of what I needed to learn from the customer because mm-hmm. they are telling us, but a lot of business owners I find don't listen. So I think that's a really amazing breakthrough. Like you're saying, when you work with people, you see this amazing breakthrough. It's changing their mindset to see what the customer is telling them. And that could be through surveying your customer. That could be just having an informal interview with the customer and all those things you go through as part of your courses and your education and workshops. So I think that's definitely worthwhile for everyone to do is jump onto (laughs) your website and just see what's on offer. But it it really, if you're into self-development and learning more about your customers so that you can serve them better, which of course means offering better products and better services, which increases your profit, (laughs) that is (laughs) definitely an amazing stepping stone. Oh, yeah. And, And there's something that I'm pretty passionate about. Number one, it's definitely getting to know your customers from an empathy place where you really get them and you really want to serve them. It's not just a transaction, it's really making a difference. But the other thing is exactly what you said. Personal development has a lot to do with this because as you and I know, uh, mindset, uh, personality type, there are so many things that internally happen, especially I specialize in, in women's work. The amount of stuff that comes in the play, into place in our minds and in our hearts before we even show up, before we even launch the brand. That's where I'm most passionate about. That's where we create true lasting change. For years, I designed logos and beautiful brands when we were just doing graphic design that would stay in boxes. I had clients that left every beautiful printed item in boxes because they were too afraid. You know, they had too many limiting stories internally. That's where I said, we need to do both simultaneously. We do the brand work and we do the inner work. And when we do both together, that's when we get profound transformations. So that's everything that I create touches on all those things, because I believe in the inner and the outside simultaneously. Absolutely. And I love that. And you're probably the first person in graphic design or that that I've seen actually be so passionate and open about that. And just Mm. drawing our attention to that, I feel like that is a major breakthrough too. So we always finish the podcast with three questions you'd like to ask me. I'm very curious because we do know each other quite well. So hit me up with your um, questions. Right. Okay. So there are three three completely different topics. The first one, Nikki, Instagram. I mean, I came to you via Instagram. I found you on Instagram. I did your Instagram course, which was one of the best 20 something dollars that I've ever invested in my life. Way more worth than any other course I had done on anything social media. And I had done quite a few, but I found it so good. So you're quite a queen on Instagram and social media. This is your jam. This is your thing. Is it worth it, Nikki? Meaning the amount of time and the amount of hours that I am spending, people are spending, algorithms, all the things that are happening. Where are you standing with it right now? I know that you've been super active at times and you take a break. Is it worth it? Yeah, great question. I think 2023 will see a massive shift off the platform. Mm -hmm. I feel like people are now aware that it is completely borrowed real estate. We don't own it. You can be shut down and hacked and deleted in a minute and you've lost everything. So I think the awareness of how much emphasis majority of business owners have put on Instagram is really coming to the forefront and people are starting to go, oh God, what else can I be doing outside and beyond the Instagram platform to actually grow my business? So I think this year will be the year that people actually start investing more in email marketing and actually doing workshops and networking and all those external marketing activities that probably acquire a little bit more skill and time and self-educating mm-hmm. and learning. But mm-hmm. in my eyes and from what I've seen, actually transferred better into better customers and higher profits. 
Awesome. So Instagram is wonderful to have, but I feel like as business owners, majority of people have invested way too much time in it for the little result. If that was paid, if you were paying for the hours that you spent, there is no way you'd be spending that amount of time on there. If you had to pay someone for all those hours you invest in Instagram each week, you wouldn't be seeing the return. Someone would look at that and go, that is a terrible investment of your time and money. But for some reason, all the business owners get caught on it. And I'm like, right, if you spend six hours on your Instagram, even to a day, two hours like a day on your Instagram, if I tell you to do email marketing or go network or something like that for two hours, which one is going to give you a better financial return in your business? And they all kind of smile and go, well, we know the answer to that. I'm like, yeah, so why are you spending so much time on Instagram? And like you said, I've really pulled off. It's a great Mm. tool to have. But I use it as a tool and I use it very consciously now. Yeah, I've noticed your shift with yep. the platform. And I think it's strategic and it's smart because you're right. Every time that we're on it, we're spending our marketing budget. If there was a budget, a pot, we're spending it. I mean, if you were paying someone to be on the platform for you, it would it's unsustainable. Most uh, brands would not be, small brands wouldn't be able to sustain it. And when you look at return and investment, it would be a terrible return and investment. I terrible. <laughs> so. There is very few brands that can completely and solely profit off Instagram as their main funnel. But then at the same time, if that business, if that's their only funnel and they get shut down, they've lost their complete business. Which we have seen quite a few times. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. Okay. That was great. I'm definitely going to jump on that. (laughs) Question number two, PR, Nikki. This is so, I mean, this is your jam. This is your thing as well. You're good at this. And I have many clients that are smallish and they want to do PR, but they don't have the budget for a PR agency. PR, guerrilla style. How do we do PR like on the street ourselves? What are the things that you recommend when people are tiny that they can start doing? That it's not PR feels like for the big guys, but I know that we all are doing PR somehow. So what's your take on it? Yeah, sure. So um, in 2023, I'm releasing a big organic marketing academy, which is nine courses. And one of the key courses is PR, how to do your own. Awesome. Because it's something I come up against all the time. But initially when I launched Perth Collective, I was doing PR. I just didn't know what it was. So I naturally do that. And I'm quite social and being an ex-hairdresser, you know, it's all very natural to me. But now as obviously seven, eight years later, I'm like, well, that was actually PR when I look back at it. (laughs) So it comes naturally to me, but it doesn't come naturally to most business owners. So this will actually take you through every step-by-step that I did to actually build. The Path Collective was so big in that first two to three years, you know, it kind of went up to 60,000 people, everyone knew the name, but nothing cost me anything. That PR was all self-done. So there is no reason, whether you have budget or not, that's not an excuse for not getting PR. It's actually about building the strategies to connect with journalists and put yourself out there in networking opportunities and build connections. And I know we talked about when you were sort of saying, you know, I need to get out there more, connecting with Stackwood and doing workshops yeah, through them. Yeah, and yeah. You're borrowing audiences where your like-minded customer is. That's PR as well. It's not just being in the print media. And it's not just, you know, appearing on blogs and things like that. To me, Mm. PR in many senses is building your brand awareness and you being an icon for your business and actually getting out there and meeting the people. So there's so many strategies and I feel a lot of us get so ingrained in our business that we don't strategically go for the next six months. I'm going to say yes to every invitation. I'm going to go as many networking events as I can because I'm an introvert as well, believe it or not. I hate going to stuff like that. But every (laughs) time I do, I pick up new clients that are my ideal clients. Like I went to an event 
a few weeks ago and it was a lunch and a totally out of my comfort zone, something I would never do. And two women ended up becoming mentoring clients. Now that's mm, worth okay. five grand each. Yeah. Six months to me. So I made $10,000 from that lunch. I was so nervous. I felt, I was like, oh my God. And fortunately people do know who I am, but I sat at the table very quietly. I let everyone else speak. And, but out of that seven people sitting at the table, two became mentoring clients just from networking. And that was completely a conversion. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I was really blown away because I was like, wow, but I've got to do more of that. So the next, once this baby, you know, the baby's out Mm -hmm. and I want to do, you know, (laughs) next six months, my business will be focused on me getting back out there in the public domain because Mm -hmm. investing in that as hard as it is for most of us, it pays off. So that is PR as well. And it doesn't cost a lot to do. It costs more your ego and pushing yourself out the door to walk into a crowded place where you don't know anyone. That's the hardest fear for most of us to overcome. And then if we connect that to my first question, if you're investing six hours a week on Instagram versus going to a lunch, putting the little outfit on, getting out, look, I mean, the conversion is incredible. It would take you a while. And, you know, you're meeting people, they're boosting you up, they're interested in your business, it's like-minded people. So, yeah, Mm. I think that we all tend, and we're all busy, you know, I've got four kids and it's crazy and all that. But for me, making, spending two hours on Instagram versus going to a lunch for an hour, I'm going to see a much better return on connections and connecting with other business. But also, personally, it makes me feel good hearing other people's business stories. To me, that's a much better investment of my time Mm. and better return. Like I just explained, that blew me away. Awesome. That for an hour and a half lunch, I walked away with two awesome. clients. So, well done. <laughs> yeah, I hope everyone takes that on board and say at some point in the next year, you're going to set aside three or six months where you're just going to say yes to every invite. You're going to go to as many events as you can. And it might be workshops, it might be masterclasses. It, it doesn't have to be social. I'd rather purposely go to something educational because that's mm-hmm. my nature. And when we do the birth, big Perth Collective events for 175 people to 200 people annually, I do it education-based because that's mm, who I awesome. am. I want to learn. But there is so much networking that goes on as well outside in the lunch and the morning tea. So mm-hmm. say if you're more that way inclined rather than a social drinking kind of capacity, we'll find your your people and go and attend those sort of events. I love this. Well, that in a way takes us to question number three, in a way, which is I find your mindset absolutely fascinating. Oh, that's kind of terrifying. (laughs) You are by far one of the most consistent, hardworking, consistent people I've ever met. You show up no matter what. You show up pregnant. You show up with sick kids. You show up in the way that I don't know if I know many people and I know a lot of entrepreneurs. So I'm fascinated by this. What is it, Nikki? Is it your personality type? Is it I know that I, um, you come from like listening to your podcast, the first episodes, your story, you were taught to work hard and to, yeah. you know, like your, your family culture and your family values. But where do you get the superpowers? Because I find this is the number one thing most of us struggle with consistency. You know, it's hard to push for a while yeah. and we see people going and launching hard and they drop it. And then, it, so this is something that I really admire. Where do you get this from? Yeah, I definitely say it was my childhood. You know, I, I spoke about this before, but i got brought up in a very tough country household mm-hmm. where there was no excuse. You you only have yourself to blame. And if you want mm-hmm. something, you're going to work for it. And my parents worked very hard and were very mm-hmm. successful, but they didn't rely on anyone else. It was up to themselves to motivate themselves. So I think I've got that from them. And even like my dad retired at 50 very successfully, but then he's just opened a shop because he's now 60s and bored 
and he was only going to work three days a week and the shops become successful and and it's just like far out we can't not do anything which is a very frustrating um, task but I think it stops with us I think a lot of us blame others, whereas I'd never blame anyone else. If I want something, I just don't believe there's any limit, but you've got to want it and you're going to take a lot of knocks. And I think I'm incredibly resilient. I get a lot of knocks, but I just think, well, that's part of the journey. And I've learned from that. And then I move forward. So I think the mindset is there is no excuse. If you want something, you can totally have it. There is no excuse in the world why you can't have it, whatever that may be. You've just got to wait, find a way to do it. And for me, I self-educate. I spend hours reading Facebook groups and Google. And if I don't know it, I'm going to learn it, whichever yeah. way I can, because no one is responsible for my mindset or what mm-hmm. do I achieve? Like, I just don't believe there's limits. And a lot of people are fearful. I don't have that in me. Mm-hmm. I'm fortunate that I've been raised not to be fearful of anything. And, you know, you do get hits, but how you address them, it's better taking that risk and then mm. crashing and burning, they're not mm. ever taking that risk. So I think that's, I've done some crazy things that were terrible ideas, <laughs> but, you know, they might have cost lots of money. They could have been incredibly detrimental to my business, but I don't regret them for a second. I learned so much and would I do them again? No, but <laughs> it helps because I can share it with clients and mentoring. I'm like, that's a terrible idea. Trust me, I've done that. <laughs> but I don't ever regret that. I don't look at that as a failure. I look at that as a learning experience. So I think resilience and we try to teach our kids that as well I'm very conscious of being too hard on my children but at the same time I'm like you don't blame that on mum because mum didn't do that you're Mm. eight you should have done that or you should have been doing that you I told you to and if you didn't that's on you not me so hopefully you know we're raising resilient children to not be fearful of having a go and being out there in the world I think it's a tough world and resilience is something all our children as parents we should pass on but also Mm. the fear Fortunately, I had my parents to fall back on should anything have gone wrong, but most of us, I'd rather my children have a go than not have a go and know yeah. if things okay. get in trouble, I'm there so, to support them. Or, And it's not financial, it's more mentally we're here to support you. I think there's something like one of my key takeaways from working with you during our mentoring was, and I really, really got this, it, it was really special. You have this thing where you tried stuff, you failed, and it was about the project it wasn't you you didn't take it personally and there's something wrong with you you're worth you're not worth trying again and this is something that I see a lot in the women I work with I have to work a lot through your ideas your projects we just try it we get up again we keep going it's not you are imperfect you are wrong you are not worthy it's this um I think people like you and I that have been close to entrepreneurship for a long time we see that this is the nature of business things fail things go up you try you flip it around right but this notion that it was me and if I failed and the business failed and there's something wrong with me you really embody that thing of like get up try again it's not about you it's the business idea flip it around try a different copywriting try a different name which is so admirable I love that about you yeah and I think that's it I just never say die I'm like that didn't work how are we gonna make I'm just such a solution person I'm like Mm -hmm. there's got to be a solution where is this solution and Mm -hmm. I will dig and dig and dig until I find that solution so I think that's a huge part of what makes me, I guess, do what I do. And I think hopefully I can pass that on to people that you are going to fail. It's okay. But how you handle that. And I think the other huge thing I could say about that is I'm very much always, and have done this for 20 years, segregated my business life and my personal life. Mm. I don't share my personal life. 
And I Mm -hmm. honestly think that has been a huge part of my success. I don't share my children on social media. Uh, There is no cross. I don't bring my kids to business events. I don't, as an influencer, don't use my children. I think that really has done me so well because when I'm home, I'm mum and I don't wear makeup and I don't wear, you know, I just wear house clothes. And, you know, if I'm at the beach, I'm solely with my kids. And I feel like I have two, there's Nikki, the business owner that dresses like this and is putting on the show of that. And then there's Nikki, who's the mum. So for me that I feel like as a society, we give so much of our personal life away on social media. We're so open, which if you're that way inclined, but the problem is when you have a down moment and we all do have these people notice when you don't show up or when you're a little bit whereas I personally like to deal with that very privately and no one notices so I prefer keeping them separate and I know that's not easy for everyone and people might disagree with that but I actually feel that's really helped my mental health with both things that people can't see my children and they don't know what I do outside of my work business I really resonate and pretty much the same and yeah I think it's strategic and it keeps and and that's the other thing I tell women when I'm mentoring them your brand is not your whole life you don't have to put everything that you love it's like when people are starting a business and they want the logo to tell the whole story can you make it this and we also do this it's not this is just a portion of you it's an archetype an aspect of you that is the one that puts the little high heels and goes to the event it doesn't have to be your whole life it's just one aspect of your life yeah I say my business is my show this is my show. I walk in that door and I'm Nikki Businesswoman. And then when I work in my house door, I'm Nikki Mum. Two completely different people. And it helps my mental state as well because the way I approach business is different to how I approach mothering my children. So yeah. I think that definitely from a mindset perspective helps me because there is a really defined role in both of those. Mm-hmm. And also I always mm-hmm. view the business that mm-hmm. I can sell it. So like you say, I don't take it personally because I'm doing this to build a business to sell. And if I sell it, great. If I don't, whatever. But at the same time, I view every decision I make, not like you're saying, as personal. It's a business decision. It's not me personally making. It's not Nikki Mum making that decision. It's Nikki Business Woman making that decision. I think that, yeah, and I think that's just from years of experience that's taken me to this stage. I would never have thought that way 10 years ago. It's just now. It's taken me a long time to get here and that certainly solidified, I guess, how I can take risks because it's not me personally. <laughs> it's my business. But, you know, we can recover. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. So yeah. let's wrap this up. Tell people where they can find you and your Instagram and your website if they want to connect with you. Yeah. So my website is walnutstudio.com. That's walnut with double L. And um, my Instagram is the same. You'll find it as Walnut Studio. And then you just, you'll see my name up here, Christina Lontono. And that's how you'll see my stuff as well. Those are the easiest ways. And if you have questions or are curious, you just send me a message via either the website or Instagram. And I'm quite quick to reply. And yeah, you can stay in touch and have a chat. Absolutely. And do make sure you go back and watch some of Christina's reels. The reels are really informative and really thought provoking. So if you're going to jump on her Instagram, scroll back maybe a few months and just watch the reels because I think the reels are what really makes my mindset tick with you when you're talking and how you're explaining things. I think because you go so deep, it's really good to hear your voice and you actually articulating what you're trying to get across in a reel as opposed to a post. So make sure you do that as well. So thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your knowledge. Hopefully everyone has a lot deeper understanding of a customer journey and thinks about in their business how their customer journey is performing. And if they need any help, don't hesitate to reach out. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nikki, for inviting me. 
and for showing up and for inspiring us all as you do. Thank you. It is the season of freebies. So why don't you head to my website and take one of the three freebies I have on offer. There's a five-day challenge, a brand audit, and the new business scale quiz. If I was choosing one, that is the one I'd be choosing. Determine how to scale your business with actionable steps into the next tier of the scale. Head to www.nikkimilne.com and take the quiz. I can't wait to see your results and help you move forward in growing your business so that 2023 is the most profitable year for your business. Thanks for listening to the Passion to Profit podcast. And don't forget to rate, review and follow the podcast. Your support means the world to me. And I look forward to seeing you on the next episode of Passion to Profit.